Welcome to the Finding True Health Podcast. Are you ready to reject diet culture without rejecting your health? Do you want to feel a sense of peace around food and your body while also creating habits that will help you feel your best each day? Hey, I'm Jenna, a registered dietitian, a committed follower of Jesus Christ, and a middle-aged mom. Not long ago, I felt like I was at war with my body. I believed I needed to reach some arbitrary goal weight to be healthy and happy. But one day, God helped me realize that I was focused on the wrong thing. So I began to treat my body with the love and respect it deserves through both my thoughts and my actions. And that new focus has made all of the difference. Now I love helping other women find true health for themselves so they can enjoy more energy, better moods, and greater peace in their own lives. I'm excited to get started, so let's dive in. Hey friends, welcome to the podcast today. I'm excited to jump into this part two of this series on raising kids in a world full of diet culture. Last week we talked about how to help our kids have a healthy relationship with food, and this week we're going to dive into how to help them have a healthy relationship with their body. The truth is it's really hard for any of us, kids or adults, to have a a really healthy relationship with food if we don't have that good relationship with our body first because it makes it really hard for us to listen to our body cues and to trust our body around food when we're trying to use food as a way to change or manipulate our body somehow. So this topic is so, so important. I'm so thrilled that you're here with me educating yourself on this and discovering how to help those precious young people in your life, be it your kids, grandkids, neighbors, friends, kids. I hold such a special place in my heart for children. I love kids and I feel like anytime we can help instill these kinds of messages when children are young, it is such a great service for them and it can help them prevent so many problems and issues later in life. Research is showing that kids as young as five years old are bringing up body image concerns. They're starting to diet, trying to change their bodies. I mean, that is insane. I have a five-year-old and it breaks my heart to think of her denying herself food, being concerned with the size of her body, we have got to do a better job at changing the messages that our children are getting about what bodies are for and what they're meant to look like. Now, as I mentioned in the last episode, I am definitely not a perfect parent. I do not claim to be, but I do try very hard in this area because I know the lifelong damage that can be done when we don't work to help our kids have a healthy relationship with their body. I've experienced some of the potential harms personally. I've seen so many other people be harmed by things that they learned or picked up on in childhood. And that's one of the reasons I am so, so passionate about this topic and about teaching children these important things. So today, kind of like last week, I'm going to be going over a handful of tips and ideas for how you can help teach children to have a healthy relationship with their body. The first one is to be the example. We need to be so, so careful about and watch how we talk about our own bodies as well as the bodies of others, including, of course, the bodies of our children. I tell adults that they need to talk about and treat their own bodies the way that they want their children to talk about and treat their bodies. If you are a parent, you are your child's greatest teacher. Whether or not they will admit it, your kids watch and look up to you more than anybody else in the world. And they are watching very closely how you relate to your own body. 
That's one reason it is so important not to focus on weight or on body size, both your own as well as theirs, or anybody else's for that matter. Just the other night, I was driving my five-year-old daughter and her good friend home from their tumbling class, and they were playing pretend in the back seat, and I was kind of listening in on their conversation, and my, my daughter's friend at one point said, let's pretend like we're moms and we're trying to lose weight. Now, I happen to know her mom really well, and I know that she is currently on a diet and trying to lose weight, and her daughter has picked up on that fact and on the fact that she's eating different foods from the rest of of the family, and she's talking about her body size, and of course, her daughter wants to be like her mom. That is a natural thing that our kids want to be like and emulate us, and so now her daughter's pretending to be on a diet and to try to lose weight. So, of course, I couldn't keep my mouth shut. I interrupted their little pretend session, and we had a nice conversation about different sized bodies and about weight loss. And, of course, I tried to be very, very respectful towards her mom and towards her mom's choices. I'm actually really good friends with her mom, and she's a wonderful, wonderful woman and a beautiful woman at that. I personally don't think she needs to change her body size at all, but... I also emphasized in our conversation that I didn't want my daughter Elaine to play games that involved trying to lose weight. So I let her friend know, you know, when you're playing with Elaine, we're just not going to play games like that. We're not going to talk about going on diets. So let's find something else to play pretend about. And her friend was just fine with that and they moved on. But that was just a prime example of our daughters are watching us. They are picking up on these sometimes subtle, sometimes more blatant messages that we're sending about our body and just about bodies in general. That's why I feel like it's really best just to minimize the amount of attention that you give to how bodies look. Again, both with your own body, with the body of others. Of course, it's fine to teach about the importance of proper grooming and taking care of our bodies, things like that. But once again, kids are very, very perceptive. One of the male role models I had in my life growing up, he rarely commented on my body, which I'm very grateful for, but I would often overhear him talking about other women's bodies. A lot of times they were just little subtle comments, both positive and negative comments. And even though they weren't directed at me, I I picked up on those comments and I projected those messages onto myself and I thought, okay, well, this is then what a beautiful body looks like, and this is what my body now needs to look like. And because this came from a male figure, I believed those comments meant that unless I changed my body, I would never find a guy who liked me. So you can see this can just send children down such a dangerous path. Instead of talking about and focusing on our bodies and what we look like, Let's make an extra strong effort to praise our kids and praise other people for the things they do instead of how they look. We can point out our kids' great personality traits, like maybe they tend to be really optimistic and, or friendly, or maybe they're a really hard worker. We can point out other people's great personality traits, like Maybe we have a friend who's a really good listener and a friend who's a lot of fun to be around. Let our kids hear us complimenting people on these kinds of things, things that matter so much more than how people look. And let's make an effort to point those things out to our children so that they realize that that's really what makes them wonderful and the things that they should be focusing on, working on and improving those personality traits rather than focusing so much on their bodies. Now, I mentioned this in the last episode, and I want to bring it up again because this can be a a tricky balance here, right? We also have to remember not to encourage perfectionism. 
let our kids know we don't expect them to be a hard worker all of the time or optimistic and friendly all of the time. If those are some of the things we're complimenting them on, we can help them realize that perfectionism is not realistic. It's not something that we should be shooting for. And we can point that out with bodies too. We can talk about how there, there's no such thing as the perfect body. There's no ideal body. In fact, beauty standards are largely subjective. What one person finds beautiful, somebody else might not. And it's, it's really a matter of taste and a matter of choice. We get to decide what we think is beautiful. All right, my second tip is to be proactive in counteracting the damage that media is doing. No matter how hard you try, you are never going to be able to shield your child from the influence of media forever. Maybe you can in their younger years, but in this day and age, media is everywhere. It's just part of our lives, and that's, you know, for good or for bad. Obviously, there are wonderful things that come from having access to so much information and media, and there are some really hard and damaging things that can come from it as well. And body image issues are definitely one of those damaging things. And that's why I believe that it is critical that we have very intentional conversations about this topic very often with our kids. They are getting messages about bodies, about what bodies should look like, about beauty standards. They're getting them loud and clear. They're getting them all over the place. And these messages are straight from diet culture And so we need to be the one to counter those voices whenever possible. We need to teach our children that many, many of the images they see on social media, in magazines, even in movies, on television and commercials, they have been changed. They've been photoshopped. They've been altered. They've been enhanced. They've been modified in some way. And they are not reality. That is not what most normal bodies look like. If they want to know what a normal body looks like, then take them to the grocery store with you next time you go and tell them to just look around at the bodies they see around them. That is what most normal bodies look like. They are getting a skewed view when they are on media so much. We also need to be really vigilant in pointing out weight bias and weight stigma whenever we see it in media so that our kids can start recognizing it on their own. It is not uncommon for me in our house to just yell out weight bias or, oh, there's diet culture or that's fat shaming in the middle of watching a TV show with my kids or I'm often in the kitchen cooking and they're watching something and something pops up and I'll just yell out, oh, there's more diet culture right there. I personally don't let them watch shows that are like really seeped in diet culture, these these harmful messages, but it comes up all over the place in perfectly harmless shows. And so when I see it in these shows, I am quick to point it out. I want their brains to have that immediate signal that the message that the show is sending right then is not okay. And I want to do it enough so that when I'm not in the room, they can still recognize and point out these harmful and false messages. Sometimes as well, if it's really bad, I'll just change the channel or ask them to find another show to watch if the diet culture is particularly strong. There's a commercial that comes on the radio all the time for a body sculpting plastic surgery place in town. There's actually a couple of them. One is even called Body Fix, and that's the name of the the business. And whenever these commercials come on, I just change the channel, whether my kids are in the car or not, because... 
I personally don't want to hear those messages and I definitely don't want my kids hearing those messages about how their body needs to be fixed and changed and altered and sculpted and they need to spend a lot of money to fix the quote trouble spots on their body, which is some of the the direct language that these commercials say. So sometimes I'll just call it out. Sometimes I'll just change the channel. Either way, we need to, again, be very proactive in countering these messages they're getting. Social media seems to be especially problematic for kids when it comes to body comparing and body shaming. I'm personally a fan of social media in a lot of ways. I think that like any media, it can be used for a lot of good. But when it comes to kids, my husband and I have just decided we're going to make our kids wait until they're 18 before they can have any social media accounts. The studies are pretty clear that social media can be so harmful for kids' mental health. And for us, the cons seem to outweigh the pros for kids and teens. So that's just a choice we've made. If you want to allow your kids to have social media, of course, that's completely within your jurisdiction. Just be extra careful and you'll need to maybe have even more conversations about potential body image and comparison issues that come from that platform. All right, the next thing we can do for our children to help them foster this healthy relationship with their body is to teach them that body diversity is normal and it's wonderful. Diversity of any kind is great. I like to use the analogy with kids of dogs. I tell them, think about all the different types of dogs there are in the world. There are so many different shapes and colors and sizes and heights and even personalities of different dog types. And that's so wonderful. I say, wouldn't it be so boring if there were only one type of dog, if all dogs were the exact same? It is so much more fun to have a big variety of different types of dogs. And this analogy works with other things like nature as well. Isn't it great that there are so many different types of flowers or of trees or of rocks? I mean, whatever you want, just point out there are so many different shapes and colors and sizes of these things. And it's not that one is any better or worse than another. They're just different. And that's wonderful. Just like there's no perfect or ideal dog out there or flower out there, there are also no perfect or ideal body types or skin colors or any of those things. There's just different. To go along with this, and this is super, super important, we also need to teach our kids that fat, the word fat, is a descriptive term. It is not to be used as an insult. Unfortunately, we hear that word fat paired with insults all the time. Fat and lazy, for example, is one you hear a lot. In fact, I was going through some of my old kids' books that I loved as a child, and I read through them, and one of them I was kind of appalled by the fact that it used the terms fat and lazy together like that throughout the whole book. It repeated that phrase, fat and lazy, over and over, as if those words were paired together. I also hear my kids sometimes call each other, you're a big fat stupid head or something like that. They stick the word fat into an insult and we need to point out that that is not okay because fat is just a descriptive term. It's like saying somebody is short or tall or thin or has brown eyes or blue eyes. It should hold the same emotional charge as any of those other descriptive words. But when we use it as an insult, obviously that's not going to be the case. I remember a few years back, one of my older sons was using words like fat and obese while joking around. 
And so I, ha- I decided to have a conversation with him about it. And first I asked if he even knew what the definition of obese was. I said, you've used that term several times. Do you even know what that word means? And he said, yeah, it means somebody who eats too much or who eats a lot of junk food. And so, of course, we had to have a conversation about what obese actually means, that it's really just a medical term, a weight classification that is measured on a BMI chart, and that's just somebody's weight compared to their height. And I shared a little bit about problems with the BMI charts in general. And then I also shared with him that the term obese oftentimes carries a lot of shame for a lot of people. And it can be really touchy and sensitive issue for people because of how people are judged and stigmatized if they fall in that category. And so I told them when you use it to make fun or to just joke around, that's just reinforcing that shame and that stigma that people feel if they're classified as obese. And we also talked about what it means to be fat. And I explained to him that it's just a descriptive term. And we also talked about while we do have some control over the amount of fat on our bodies, we don't have complete control. And I told him somebody might eat exactly the same way as you do and have more fat on their body than you do. My son happens to be naturally tall and thin like my husband, and he doesn't eat the greatest diet at times. He definitely eats like a a standard teenage boy. So I just pointed out that we should never judge somebody based on the size of their body. And that there are also lots of things that are not in people's control that might affect the size of their body. And I also pointed out that there's really nothing wrong with having a larger body. The important thing is to just try to care for your body no matter what size it is. One interesting thing is my son actually has several friends who are in larger bodies. And obviously he doesn't make fun of them. But actually when, I, when we had this conversation, I remember him saying, well, mom, so-and-so, one of his bigger friends... He jokes around about it. He jokes about his own body size. So it must be okay. He's okay with it. And I said, you know, maybe he is. But a lot of times people in bigger bodies joke about it because it's easier to be the one making the jokes than to be the butt of them. A lot of kids in larger bodies are so tired of or so afraid of other people making fun of them that they feel like if they are the ones making fun and making jokes about it, then other people won't. So it still doesn't make it right, even if that particular friend seems okay about it. I think a lot of times it's just a coping mechanism for children in larger bodies. And you might think that I'm being too uptight or (laughs) maybe I just need to loosen up. But having grown up in a bigger body, I got really good at pasting a smile on my face and pretending like everything was fine when deep down I was really, really hurting and suffering because of the weight stigma that was surrounding me all the time. So I'm just a huge fan of making sure we're being really vigilant and having these kinds of discussions with our kids about what these terms actually mean, fat and obese and things like that, about not judging people who have been given these labels or who might fall under these descriptions, and really just trying to help neutralize these terms and take the stigma out of them for good. Okay, on to my next tip, which is to keep the lines of communication open. I don't care how good of a job you're doing at home at being weight neutral and body positive and anti-diet, you still have to have these regular conversations with your kids and you have to let them know that you are available to talk anytime about these body image issues, about maybe difficult things they're dealing with, because as we just discussed, they are getting these messages all over the place outside of your home. 
chances are very good that your child is going to have a rough body image moment or day or month or year. And if they're ever struggling, if they're feeling bad about their physical body, then we want to be the ones that they turn to to talk things over. We don't want them turning to diet culture to help deal with their body image issues. Body image issues are more common in girls, but they definitely affect boys as well. In fact, one of my boys insisted on wearing his jacket all year long, even during our super hot summers here in southern Utah, because he was ashamed of his thin arms. Thankfully, he's gotten through that phase and he will now wear short sleeves during the summer. But don't forget that boys are getting messages about what their bodies should look like just as girls are about theirs. So if your child is struggling with body image, then it's important to validate their feelings. Let them know that it is completely normal. It's a really common struggle for many kids their age, no matter what age they are. Kids of all ages struggle with body image issues from time to time. Their bodies are changing. They're still growing and maturing. We can remind our kids that just because somebody says something doesn't make it true. Just because somebody might call them a mean name or say something unflattering about their appearance, they don't have to believe it. It doesn't mean it's true. I wish that I had realized this as a child. I'm so sad that I believed all the comments that people made about me and my body when I was young. And I wish I would have better grasped the fact that I didn't have to believe them. I didn't have to let those comments affect me the way I did. And of course, this is easier said than done. Of course, the things other people say are going to influence our feelings and our thoughts. But we really don't have to give them power to shape how we feel and think about ourselves. So you might just need to kind of go with your gut in this area. Sometimes it might be better to wait until your child brings up a concern to you, but other times you might feel like it's necessary to start that conversation on your own. My 12-year-old daughter, Talia, came into my room one night and asked, Mom, I know you say that diets are bad, but are there any ways to lose weight that aren't bad? And I could sense that she was feeling a little bit bad about her body, She's gained a little bit of extra fat here and there. She's going to be 13 years old next week, and it's really normal for girls and boys to get a little bit chubbier at the beginning of puberty. Again, it's a totally natural and healthy thing, and it's a really good idea to let our prepubescent kids know that that's common so that they aren't upset when it happens. So my daughter and I talked for a while about why diets do more harm than good, about how they're actually one of the greatest predictors of long-term weight gain because they aren't sustainable. And I shared with her what we eat can affect our body size. So if we're just trying to eat mostly nutritious foods and and trying to create good habits, then our body's going to settle on the healthy weight that it's meant to be. And I explained to her that it's not bad to be thin if that's your natural size, but it's also not bad to be bigger if that's your natural size. And so I said, in a way, then yes, there are, quote, good ways to lose weight if that's what your body decides on after creating healthy habits. But there's also nothing wrong with having a little extra fat on your body if that's also what it chooses. And it was funny at the end of our conversation, she said, Mom, what's so great about being skinny anyway? She said, why does everybody want to lose weight? And I said, I don't know, hon. Good question. (laughs) All right, and the final tip I have to help kids have a healthy relationship with their body is to help them create health-promoting habits. Studies show that people who take care of their body have greater body image, regardless of their size. 
So whether or not those healthy habits are changing the size of their body at all, it still helps us feel better about our body when we know we're taking care of it. Diet culture wants us to focus on weight and calories and controlling what we eat. But when we talk to our kids about taking care of their body, just emphasize how great it makes us feel. And like I mentioned in last episode, how it can help them have energy to play and do better in school and have happier moods. These non-body-related benefits of treating our bodies well. Help kids find fun and enjoyable ways that they love to move. Maybe they love to dance or do sports or play tag or go hiking or rock climbing or mountain biking. There's so many different activities that can help them move their bodies in fun ways and help show them that eating healthy and nutritious foods can also be fun and exciting and delicious. Encourage them to look for new recipes they might want to try out and experiment with different foods to find ways that they enjoy eating in the best. Again, emphasize that we don't do these things because we hate our body and we're trying to change it. We do them because we just love our bodies and we want to take care of them. If you haven't listened to last week's episode about helping your kids have a healthy relationship with food, I highly recommend you listen to that because that can be such a huge part of helping them create healthy eating habits. So that wraps up part two of helping kids have a healthy relationship with their body. Once again, real quick, those tips that we went through today are to be the example, be the role model for children. Be really careful about how you talk about your body, about their body, and about just bodies around you in general. The second one is to be proactive in counteracting the damage that media is doing. Make sure that we are pointing out harmful messages, that we're being really careful about what our kids are watching and listening to, and having conversations when they do encounter diet mentality and weight bias and all these things that they are inevitably going to encounter. The next tip is to teach them that body diversity is normal and it's wonderful And then to always keep those lines of communication open for when they might be struggling with their own body image. And then finally, to help them create health-promoting habits and to take care of their bodies from a place of love. All right, my friends, that does it for today. I am so grateful and honored that you've spent this time with me and that you're taking the time to learn how to better help the children in your life. I hope this was helpful. I'm sending all my love and encouragement out to you as you navigate this world of diet culture on your own and also as you help those sweet children navigate it as well. I hope you have a fantastic week and I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.